if the Miami Hurricanes are going to compete for an ACC championship this season, this guy has to be the reason. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida radio vet, including pregame and postgame host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And I'm very proud to be joined by one of the hardest working human beings who covers the Miami Hurricanes. His name is Brad Tejada. He is a contributor at CanesInsight.com. Brad, I know you're passionate about recruiting and you're passionate about Miami, even though you're up in enemy territory now in Gainesville, but you're repping the U 24-7, brother. How you doing? Man, thank you so much for the kind words, Alex. Man, it's been it's been a long, uh, long time coming, man. I've been I've been wanting to uh, connect with you for so long, man. I appreciate all the hard work you do, man. Thanks for the kind words, and, and it's great to talk Canes football with you. Right back at you. And I want to remind everyone that Locked on Canes, thank you so much for making us your first Miami Hurricanes listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your pods. So, you know, Brad, when I talk about the reason why Miami can compete for an ACC championship next year, there are a lot of reasons. But when I look at on the field, we saw what Tyler Van Dyke was able to do when he got his opportunity to play last season, the way he was able to elevate and ignite that offense. He put them on his shoulders despite having a defense that couldn't tackle anybody last year. So your view, Brad, on TVD, have you seen Tyler Van Dyke throughout the spring? Does he look like he's going to continue that upward trajectory that he started on last year? Yeah, I mean, just to start off, man, Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, as we know, he is someone coming from Connecticut. Um, he is one of one of the top guys in, in the nation right now. You talk about a future top 10 pick. You know, we just watched the draft here recently, and he is a name that keeps buzzing, right? From everything we've heard in spring, um, Tyler Van Dyke is, is going right where he left off. Um, this is this is a young man that threw for 2,900 yards, 25 touchdowns, only six interceptions. And he didn't even play the first game of the season, which was probably the the biggest game of the season when you look at it in the Alabama game. Um, without him playing that game, who knows what could have happened? Who knows how our season could have been? But at the end of the day, things change for a reason and for the better. We got a guy in Mario Cristobal now who is now home, uh, bringing in an amazing staff. But you talk about Tyler Van Dyke, man. He is he is essential to this football team you talk about the quarterback position that is the number one key position that you need in college football to take you to the promised land where we need to be college football playoffs winning that acc championship i'm looking for bright things for not only tyler van dyke but this whole quarterback room it's been such a long time since we have had not only just one guy to say that we have a qb1 but to have a whole room full of guys that we feel very confident in you got guys like jake garcia jacari brown and then you also got great recruits coming in as well that we could potentially grab. Um, but yeah, Tyler Van Dyke, I expect big things from him. And as we all know, I think he is going to be going into the draft after the season if all things are well. Yeah, we, we've seen sometimes in the past uh, changing of offensive coordinators can create difficulty for some quarterbacks, uh, can maybe change the learning curve a little bit. How do you expect TVD to adapt? And I know it's already started the adaptation, but how do you expect him to adapt from Rhett Lashley to Josh Gaddis? Well, I think the, the most important part is Josh Gaddis, right? When you talk about an offense coordinator like him, the word adapt 
is exactly what is associated with someone like Josh Gaddis. He is a influential part to not only this offense, but to prior offenses like Michigan and some other um, schools that he's came from. But he is someone that is going to constantly adapt to, to not only the football game week to week basis on who we're playing, but he's also going to adapt to the skilled players on this football team. And that's exactly what we need. And when you talk about a, a, a awesome quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, the, the word comfort, comfortable needs to, to be there right and that is something that we've heard all throughout spring that he still looks like Tyler Van Dyke he hasn't missed a beat he looks very comfortable and when you have a very you know improved offensive line with a great staff to build around him I think I think the sky is the limit for Tyler Van Dyke I think all Kane fans should be excited for this football season when it comes to the quarterback and I agree on that offensive line as well I think they're going to be a lot better even without completely revolutionizing the personnel I think coaching is going to make that group a lot better plus some of the key additions that they've made but let's talk about the receiving core Brad because that was a big topic maybe the number one topic coming out of the spring game were a lot of drops from your boundary wide receivers and I, I did talk about it I devoted an episode about it before the spring game that hey listen I know that there's a lot of talent a lot of young talent in the receiving room but you did lose your top two receivers from last year both guys were record setters Harley the career receptions record Rambo the single season record so are you worried at all about the receiving core heading into next year I mean, I think when it comes down to it, the receiver room, you you have it's going to be a, a contribution of a bunch of guys. You know, you got the Xavier Restrepo's, the Jacoby Georges, those two in particular, I expect to have very big years. But you said it, man, Mike Harley, he is not someone that should be a wide receiver one, never was a wide receiver one. And I, it was great to see him accomplish so many goals and, and you know, end up being an all time leader at the University of Miami. But when it's all said and done, if we want to get to where we need to be, we need that wide receiver one, someone proven. If you look at the wide receiver room just in the past few years, Miami's had a very hard trouble getting someone in to be that guy more than a year. You look back a few years ago, it seems like our number one receiver was always a transfer portal guy. You go back a couple of years to KJ Osborne coming from Buffalo. Then you talk about last year with Charleston Rambo. Those were our number one guys. Who is going to be the guy to step up? As we know, we'll talk about in a little bit about the transfer portal. But it seems like we still don't have that number one wide receiver on the team. So someone has to step up. Um, I am looking to see what the staff does here. You know, today is Tuesday. So today is the last day. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what happens. But at the end of the day, someone has to step up. And between the wide receivers and the tight ends, we got to get it done. And with a coach like Josh Gaddis, you have to feel somewhat comfortable with what he has done in the past. This is someone who's coached and developed guys like Jordan Matthews, Devontae Smith, you know, the Rugs, the Waddles, the Jerry Judys, the Chris Godwins. So he has the resume. He has the guys that he can literally say, hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, so it's up to this team, up to these players to kind of soak in, sponge everything that Josh Gaddis is teaching them and take them to a next level. Brad Tejada is with us, contributor at canesinsight.com. So let's talk about another area of the field that I think Miami is completely stacked in. Defensive backfield, especially the safeties. Now, we saw in the spring game, I thought both the Williams boys, Avante Williams and James Williams, had excellent spring games. We didn't even see Cam Kinchins in the spring game, who's an absolute stud as well. Uh, and I think this group is going to be very well coached by Jamil Adai. You know, and, and maybe you agree or disagree, Brad, but... You know, I, I was worried at first when Miami lost T-Rob, and then I think they ended up actually somehow upgrading over T-Rob coaching those defensive backs. Yeah, man, what what a what a crazy offseason when it comes to the DB room, right? This is this is a 
This is a position that has been in dying need for the University of Miami, regardless if it is proven players on the team or a coach that can fundamentally sound and develop these guys and take them to that next level. We've been wanting T-Rock for so many years, right? And we finally thought we had him. He obviously, you know, went out to Alabama. And like you said, man, we ended up getting Jamel Adai, which I, I can't agree with you more, man. I think he is someone who's going to take our safety cornerback room to the next level. And you're seeing it pay dividends right away. You mentioned the two Je uh, Williams boys, right? You talk about James Williams and Avante Williams. Those two guys are going to be a one-two punch. And then Cam Kitchens, of course, my guy from Miami Northwestern, is going to come in great. But then you you look at some of the other players on this roster. You know, you have the Isaiah Dunsons, the Al Blades Juniors, the Marcus Clarks. These are young men, that, and especially a guy like Al Blades, who has been at the program for, you know, quite some time now. And I think a lot of fans are, are waiting for him to take that, that next leap. And we have still not even – been able to see a guy like Daryl Porter Jr., you know, transfer from West Virginia, who Jamel Adai has brought over. And then people are forgetting we haven't seen Tyreek Stevenson all spring as well. So when you contribute the guys that we currently are talking about in spring practice and you bring it into fall camp and you add in a Daryl Porter Jr. and a Tyreek Stevenson, this secondary room is only going to get better, man. And with the talent and the competition at each position, specifically the, the secondary, it is going to be fun to watch, and I am very excited to see who comes out at the starting rotation because even who doesn't end up on that starting rotation, I think the guys that come in behind him, we are not going to uh, have to skip a beat, and I, I really do like that. When we come back, we're going to get into Brad's bread and, bread and butter, and that's recruiting and just the all-out madness that has been the transfer portal. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, on the Locked on family of shows, you can catch up with your team every single day. Brad Tejada is with us, contributor at canesinsight.com. So, Brad, uh, covering recruiting, I'm sure, has probably never been more fun for you than it's been these past few months. And we'll start with the portal. So, prior to spring ball... And prior to all the moves that have happened over the last month or so in the transfer portal, I would have said without hesitation, the weakest units on paper for the Miami football team were the offensive line and the linebacking core. Now, we've seen attention being placed to both of those, right? For the offensive line, they've gotten a couple of key transfers. Cristobal's bringing some of his guys down from Oregon. That unit's going to be so well coached with Cristobal and Mirabal. They looked a lot better in the spring game. And in the linebacking core, they just made a really key addition within the last week, adding Caleb Johnson from UCLA. So how do you look at those units now? Do you still see them as being liabilities? I mean, first and foremost, for the offensive line, I mean, it's going to be a seamless transition, right? You talk about a head coach in Mario Cristobal who's played the position, knows exactly how that position group works, and then he brings in his right-hand man and Alex Maribel, right? One of the best top offensive line coaches in the country and and you you mentioned it uh logan's sagapolo I'll, I'll give i'll give brad a uh, a second here to reconnect so we're, we're just talking about what miami has added in the transfer portal logan sagapolo has come in from oregon jonathan dennis another oregon duck has come into this group and you've seen it one of the amazing stories that we've heard I think Brad is reconnecting here in a second. But we've heard some amazing stories from some offensive linemen who have visited in that 
uh, Mario Cristobal. And, and yeah, okay, I, I believe Brad is back. And Brad, you can continue your thought, but I also wanted to throw in there, I love hearing stories from offensive linemen coming out of spring practice that they, A, they love having a head coach who's a former offensive lineman. I know for that group, that's not something you get a whole lot around college football, a head coach who was an O-lineman. And just the amount of personal attention he placed for that group as well. Yeah, very hands-on, right? When you talk about Mario Cristobal, he's going to be someone who is going to be all hands-on deck. With him and Mary Ball, you know, from everything I've heard in camp, he is someone that is going to be in the ears of these guys. He has no problem pretty much telling them exactly what they need to do. And I, I, I expect this offensive line to do well. This is a group that has played together for, for quite some time now. Um, and then you look at the defense, right? You talk about the transfer portal, and that is something that we have attacked Almost, it seems like every other day, right, we're adding someone, whether it's Antonio Moultrie or uh, Darrell Jackson, uh, transfer from Maryland, Akeem Ezador, Mitchell Gude, uh, who's also the teammate of Caleb Johnson coming from UCLA. So when you grab a bunch of guys like that who have multiple years of playing experience, these are guys that are going to be plug-and-play opportunity. That's All they're going to do is fill in the spots, especially on the trenches, on that defensive front where we need those bigger body guys. Because look, let's not let's not make no mistake about it. The the Leonard Taylors of the world, we need someone next to him to to be able to to create that double team, right? The the Nesta Severa uh, is now gone, so we need someone uh, a bigger body, right? So you got Daryl Jackson uh, coming from Maryland, um, and then you got a couple other guys that's going to be coming, and you got Antonio Moultrie, like I mentioned before, Akeem Mesador. So I'm excited for that. But when you talk about the transfer portal, um, like we mentioned on Sunday, that was the official last day for anyone to put in paperwork uh, to enter the transfer portal. And it takes up to 48 hours, Alex. So that means today is the day. If anyone is going to end up on another team um, and not wait that full year of uh, eligibility, Alex, today is the day. And you, when you look at the transfer portal, there's two names that pop out, right? First and foremost, it's got to be at the wide receiver position. Jordan Al, uh, Addison, wide receiver from Pittsburgh had 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns last season. He is by far probably num one of the number one wide receivers in the country. You know, he's getting uh, flirted by USC, Alabama, Miami, and Texas. Um, but when you got a guy like Josh Gaddis and, and our Ruiz family over at Life Wallet, we are always in play for a transfer portal guy. And then last but not least, you talk about the linebacker position. Isaiah Land, um, Defensive player of the year F, uh, of the FCS coming from FAMU. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. He's listed as a linebacker, Alex, but when you turn on the tape, he's definitely more of an edge rush guy. Um, he's got great banding. He's got a knack of getting in the backfield. I'm not sure if we um, go all in on someone like Isaiah Land just because we have added a bunch of pass rushers. But, I mean, when you look at his stats last year, 19 sacks, 25 tackles for a loss. I don't care what conference you play in. That's productivity, and that's someone – that I wouldn't mind having on this football team. That is tremendous insight there. Now, when we talk about recruiting, you mentioned Life Wallet, the Ruiz family. They've really been at the forefront of name, image, and likeness, and they're they're doing everything very publicly. And I know that that rubs some people the wrong way who are not Kane fans. Oh, they're ruining college football. Isn't it? Is what it is. They're doing everything within the rules. NIL is happening at other programs. Miami is just more flamboyant about it because that's kind of the Miami way. Uh, but we think about the effect that NIL is already having, certainly on the transfer portal and on recruiting as well. I mean, Brad, when we think about the programs that have been recruiting at an elite level in recent years, obviously you think about the Bamas, 
the Ohio States, the Clemsons. Can Miami, with Cristobal and with Life Wallet, can they get themselves into that top tier in the near future? Or do you think Miami's going to be kind of huddling around that second tier for a while? Where do you see recruiting headed? I mean, when you got a guy like Mario Cristobal, who is already one of the top recruiters in the nation, you already have an advantage. And then when you bring in the Ruiz family, who's doing a tremendous job with Life Wallet, you know, I think the sky's the limit. I think when it comes down to it, you have to win football games. Um, you have to show that you are made to, to be on the big stage. And it starts with this year. I think the, the ACC conference, you know, first and foremost, it is wide open. This is a year where, you know, you look at a team like the Clemson Tigers. They are not the Clemson team that we are used to seeing. So this is the perfect opportunity for Miami to keep the ball rolling, especially what they're doing in the offseason this past year, the staff they are building and what the Ruiz family is doing with Life Wallet. If we can build this season create a lot more wins. I think I think the recruiting is only going to get better, um, especially when you have a staff that's in place like we do. And when you mentioned the recruiting, right, we got a couple guys that, that Miami is uh, after right now. You talk about four-star defensive end Malik Bryant, uh, who's from Orlando, Florida, 6'5", 230 pounds. He's a top 40 player in the 2023 class. Um, he's currently um, got a top five that he just dropped with Miami, UCF, Florida, Alabama, and USC. Um, so that is one name in particular to look out for. He is set to make his commitment on July 23rd. You also got another four-star linebacker in Tony Rojas from Fairfax, Virginia. When you turn on this young man's tape, Alex, you are going to fall in love with it. This is a guy who has a knack for the football. He is hungry. He is nasty. He is made for the University of Miami when it comes to the linebacker group. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He's got a top four currently with Clemson, Miami, Penn State, and Georgia. And he's got his official visit set to go in Coral Gables uh, on June 9th through 11th. So that is going to be something to look out for. Um, one thing I do want to mention with him, though, is Steve Wilfong. Everyone knows who he is as far as the recruiting. He currently has Tony Crystal Ball for Penn State. And us Miami fans, as we know, we know who the linebacker coach is at Penn State currently. So I feel very confident that Miami can turn this thing around with someone like Charlie Strong, Kevin Steele, and some of the linebacker group we got. I really like where we're heading with him. And uh, just a last tidbit, my guy Gabby Rudia, I mean, you talk about guys who can, you know, put in the work, right? Gabby is I mean, first and foremost, I, I love everything he does, man. And he's, he, a, he's a friend of the worker. show as well. We all we find the hardest because I don't work very hard. So I find the hardest working people like you and like Gabby. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to call you both friends. Man, Gab, Gabby is, a, is, is my guy as well, man. He just dropped some great news this morning for anyone who hasn't hit uh, on the 24-7 sports this morning. But uh, Clemson commit Nathaniel Joseph, as we know, we need wide receivers, right? We talked about it at the beginning of the show. We need guys that could spread the ball deep and get those burners. You mentioned someone like Jalen Brown that we are very good spotting. But someone like Nathaniel Joseph, Clemson commit, like I just mentioned, Clemson is on the downfall. If we can pick up the pace and do what we're supposed to do this year, look for Josh Gaddis to take control of that commitment of Nathaniel Joseph and do what he does best and hopefully get him into a Miami Hurricane uniform. From everything I heard, he's going to be at Nathaniel's practice today. So that's another guy to look out for. I got to put you on the spot with a prediction because uh, I, I truly believe all the upgrades coaching wise, transfer portal wise, and I believe in Miami's quarterback. I think Miami's quarterback is going to be 
the best in the ACC this year, one of the best in the country. I think he's going to keep himself at least in that Heisman conversation for a while, talking about Tyler Van Dyke. Um, you know, I, I've seen predictions, Brad, for Miami's 2022 season. I've seen predictions anywhere from 10 wins to seven wins. Some people who are a little bit bearish on the program. What are you thinking? Your prediction for 2022 and will Miami at least be in the ACC championship game? Yeah, I think we got to be in the ACC championship game. Uh, I, I mean, I know this is the first year with Mario Cristobal and staff, and there's a lot of expectations for us Kane fans. But I mean, look, look at look at the schedule, look at the conference. And like I mentioned before, the only big dog in our conference, of course, is Clemson. And they are, you know, slowly on, on the decline. You know, they they lose their defensive coordinator um, going to Oklahoma. So that's a big downfall as well. And with the staff that we have together, with the talent that we have, I mean, we are starting to build something very special here in Coral Gables. Um, and I think the sky's the limit. I think when you look at the schedule, you look at the opportunity given for this football team. I think two losses is uh, is what you need to to strive for, and you have to at least get to the ACC championship. Me personally, I want to win the ACC championship. I need to start seeing more trophies in Coral Gables, and it starts this year. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to pick Brad's brain on what was for the Hurricanes a disappointing NFL draft. But guys, you know what's not disappointing? BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is my number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Make it your number one source. Guys, if you think you're smarter than the Sharps out there, you're not. you got to put in the research. Oh, wait. BetOnline.net puts the research in for you. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, from live betting, which is a game changer, to playoffs, esports, and more. I'm just thinking about Tyler Van Dyke, 33-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. That could be worth a wager, guys. You can check out all the info at their website. Check it out today or use your mobile device, which is even easier, to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On ACC. I was privileged to be a guest on Locked on ACC last week. Candace did an awesome job. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, Brad, I was uh, – not that I was expecting a whole lot, but I, I was very disappointed uh, to see only one Hurricane get their name called in the NFL draft. I'm happy for John Ford, of course, who's now a Green Bay Packer. Uh, disappointed for Charleston Rambo and Bubba Bolden, who I did expect to be drafted, and the others who did not get their name called. Uh, now, I know Miami has got an impressive streak that you can talk about of players getting drafted at the same time. I, I think that having only one guy and in the seventh round was their worst output since 1980. Yeah, I mean, you talk about it. I mean, th this is a year that definitely was not the best for the Miami Hurricanes, right? Only John Ford, like you mentioned, got – uh, picked up by the Packers in the seventh round. But yeah, 48 years straight, um, a player drafted from the University of Miami. I'm so glad that we at least got that done, man, because we, we could have snapped a streak of 48 years. And when you, you talk about a little bit earlier about the NILs and some teams that are starting to make their segue back to what seems like in the realm of, of what needs to be college football, like a team like Miami, but another team like Texas, right? Another team that you know has the money funded behind them, you know has the talent and always continuously to put out guys in the NFL. But Texas was another 
a school that actually didn't have any players drafted um, in this NFL draft. And when you go back, you actually have to only go back to 2014, Alex, as crazy as that sounds. 2014, Texas also had zero players drafted. So So as disappointing as it is for Miami fans to only have one player drafted, you would have to go back 48 years just to not even have anywhere with a team like Texas. You only got to go back a few years uh, to mention. But you you talk about a guy like Charleston Rambo in particular. This is a guy that came into Miami coming from Oklahoma who, you know, was sitting behind someone like C.D. Lamb, who, as we know, is making great plays in the NFL already. But Charleston Rambo was very productive at Miami. We knew he was the number one guy. Anytime we needed a big play, he came up and made it someone who had 2,300 yards and 16 touchdowns, you know, you compare him to someone like K.J. Osborne who got drafted in the fifth round a couple of years ago and had less stats uh, than Charleston Rambo as a career. So that was very interesting to me that someone like Charleston Rambo um, didn't get drafted, although he did get picked up by the Carolina Panthers. Um, but me in particular, the guy I actually thought got picked up by the right team was De'Ara King. Um, I think De'Ara King uh, and the New England Patriots, you talk about the Belichick way. This is a a guy that can be a Swiss Army knife. And if there's anyone in the league that knows how to put players in the right position and use them correctly, it's Bill Belichick. And De'Ara King has the mentality. um, He has the mindset and he has the will uh, to want to be great. And that is something that you can't take away. Oh, I think we may have, uh, have lost Brad again. But you know what? The timing could not be better. We are going to close up shop here. Guys, make sure you check out Brad's work. You can follow him on Twitter at Tejada Brad, and you can check out all of his insights at canesinsight.com. That'll do it for us. We will talk to you next time on another episode. Thank you so much, by the way, for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and debuting this episode on YouTube. So it's great to see you guys as well. We we will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes on the Locked on Podcast Network.